Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney. I am the Little Bird Mama and CEO here, but with me today is one of my fellow marketers who serves the market research world. This is going to be a hoot because we're also both podcasters. We have so much in common, but this is going to be a real romp through what we do day in and day out. And you are going to also have a good time because we're a lot of fun. So Jennifer Vogel, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Thanks for having me. Okay. Before we get too far, (laughs) tell everybody about your podcast because game respects game. (laughs) Yes. I appreciate that. Um, yes, we have a a weekly live stream podcast. You can tune in live every week on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook to real talk the customer insight show. If you follow the Vox pop me account, you'll see all of the live streams there. It's also the audio on all of your favorite podcast channels. We have lots of fun on that podcast as well. We can share Priscilla's episode actually from last year where we had a little bit of fun there. And uh, yeah, thanks for the plug. Um, That's been a a really fun initiative over the last year plus. Yeah. Yeah. But you're just so, you're so dynamic. And I think it really comes out with the guests, but Jen is the senior VP of marketing over at Vox Pop Me. And if you don't know who Vox Pop Me is, you have been living under a rock. So I don't know what to tell you, (laughs) but Jen, for that weird person who's listening to this podcast and does not know what Vox Pop Me does, tell everybody about like that unique uh, place that you guys fit in this market. Sure. Well, if you haven't heard of Vox Pop Me, I don't think you're weird. Welcome to the family. But um, we are a video survey company. We basically enable customer conversations at scale. So asynchronous video capture, the ability to ask questions and get really rich qualitative feedback really quickly. So within a matter of hours, 24 hours max, and also the ability to analyze that data, that unstructured data in a really structured way, um, which just makes it a bit more accessible. You know, gone are the days of hours of watching video footage and manually coding. That's all done automatically now, which just frees up time for really deep insight and kind of pulling out the really important bits. So if you're not doing qualitative or you're doing qualitative studies that are taking you six weeks, eight weeks, and by the time you get the results, it's old, (laughs) then come check us out. We can help you out. Well, so many people are blending this qual and quant world. And really what you're saying is that people can still get qualitative, but more at the speed, much closer to quant. And I think that's really such an interesting proposition. And we're seeing a lot of that happening in the market right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think speed is really crucial. I hear this constantly from our customers. Like that is the biggest challenge they have is there's an expectation internally, especially with the speed at which you can get quant data that hey, I need this answer. You'll get it to me, what, in like two, three hours? And researchers are just under so much pressure. So we do believe there's a time and a place for some of those bigger, more resource-heavy studies that do take longer. But um, the ability to bring in qualitative in a more iterative way, like earlier stage concept testing, things like that is is really crucial because if you don't have that, then you're missing a lot of the empathy, right? And it's all kind of numbers and charts and graphs. And, you know, that's all just one piece of the puzzle. Um, So being able to really integrate qual into your quant workflows on a more regular basis is, is really powerful. Mm. So we could call you Vox Pop Me, or we could also rebrand as get a clue. (laughs) (laughs) So you want a clue what's really going on, like 
really going on down below in, you know, the way the customer would say it, the way they would say it, also the way they move when they're saying it. Video is so powerful. So let's talk about video for just a minute because your video world is everything at Vox Pop Me. And then also Real Talk. And just for everybody to go look it up, it's R-E-E-L Talk. Um, very clever marketing play on words there. I like yeah. it, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, but there's one other video that I really think brings home who Jen Vogel is. And that is about, about four months ago, you posted a very lovely video of you with your son doing Dr. Jean's banana dance. So yeah. please explain to everybody the beauty of this banana dance. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so my son is in kindergarten. Next week is his sixth birthday. So everybody wish him a happy birthday. We will be in Disney World. So anyways, wish me luck. Hopefully I'll survive that trip. But he came home from kindergarten talking about the banana dance and the meaning behind it. Like, I mean, please go Google and YouTube Dr. Jean's banana dance. It's fantastic. But there's a lot of different movement breaks that the teacher puts in place for these very energetic and active kindergartners. And I thought, man, do I need a movement break in the middle of my day? We are sitting on in front of our computers. We are hunched over. We're just constantly on zoom. I mean the word zoom fatigue I'm fatigued by. Right. And so I just felt like, you know, there is something we can learn from these kindergartners yet again, about stopping your work, getting up, getting some movement. So I had my son teach me the banana dance. I was horrible at it. Go check out my LinkedIn. You'll see the video. <laughs> it was so good. I just love it. And then sometimes it's like, Oh mom, Oh mom. No, yeah. you have to peel the banana. <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes, but he corrected me very lovingly. And, yes. um, you know, the point is like, get up and move. And that really helps your mind. Um, so I've tried to put that into place. There have been a couple of times I've tried to force people to do the banana dance on exec calls and stuff like that doesn't work as well. But. I just want to see Dave Carruthers do the banana dance. Please. <laughs> me too. Me too. Okay. I can't get okay. him to do it. We've, we've, we've made our request. Okay. Let's go back to what we were talking about. You said that insights professionals are really under pressure to provide insights right now, things that are meaningful. We're making some sometimes million dollar business decisions, right? And maybe even in the moment, maybe we're not spending that money, but companies are also looking, but this is the long-term impact of, of what we're doing. And of course, there can be smaller questions that people are asking, but it is happening more and more often that it's not just like in the moment, but also trying to get a little bit of a clue on some foresight. Like what are people thinking? What's very new that's emerging in people's minds? So we know that insights professionals are under a lot of pressure, but you and I are marketing professionals. So yes. let's talk about the pressure that we're under. Yes. <laughs> so tell me what some of your initiatives are, what some of your ways that you're thinking as you're coming to work and what, what is really getting maybe harder or what is tricky right now for marketing? And, you know, if there's any reflection that you have about that, you and I both market within the insights community, but just marketing in general. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, marketers are under similar time pressures often, you know, it's like, how quickly can that campaign get out or how quickly can we get more leads, more revenue ultimately for our sales team. Um, but I think at the heart of it, you know, what's become more challenging over the last couple of years is everything was, let's say it was like 50, 50 virtual and in-person out of home type of marketing campaigns and strategies now, like everything's digital, right? So 
digital costs went up, like cost per click went up, but the saturation of the market became a big challenge. And so cutting through that noise and being able to have that right positioning, have that right messaging that that gets people to understand very clearly and quickly what you do and how you can, you know, how they can benefit from working with you is a big challenge. And I think what's something that maybe market researchers don't always think about is that we marketers care just as much about talking to the customer and the the data and the research as you guys do. And oftentimes there's questions that we have that we like, we'll go out and get our own answers to. This has been a very like dirty subject in the market research industry for years. This thought that marketers might be doing their own research in some way, shape Mm -hmm. or form. And I think, you know, it's so important. Like I am constantly talking to customers. We've got all different kinds of survey programs running to understand what, what our customers' biggest challenges are so we can help solve them. And I don't have a, a research team or an insights team. I'm lucky that I'm in the space. So I have access to this technology and expertise, but a lot of marketers don't have that. So we have to, we have to get that data so we can serve our customers with empathy, however we can. Right. But I got to tell you, Jen, and I don't know if you, if I've said this to you 18 times or 19 times, but you are one of the few people in market research who don't laugh when I say that market researchers should do market research about their own firm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And you're right. It is a dirty little secret. And you know, how many times have I done a presentation about, you know, the cobbler's kids, they have no shoes guys. (laughs) (laughs) And their entire industry is predicated on getting data in order to serve marketers I mean, that is the basis of like, I I get it. Maybe we use it for public health. I get it. Maybe we use it for opinion polling or we use it for other things. Maybe. Okay. But for the most part, everybody's job is because things are trying to be pitched and sold. Right. And so we're trying to pitch and sell ourselves as an insight company, just for example, well, why wouldn't we do research about that? I, I don't know what that's about. (laughs) I think in some ways it's challenging. Like all of you researchers, insights professionals out there, you know how much I love you. It is impossible to get you to respond to a survey sometimes. <laughs> so we got to get creative. Um, so I, I think in some ways it's challenging. I think maybe are we just too close? Like because we're so immersed in insights, we you kind of get biased by your own opinions and you think, well, you know, I get it because I'm, I'm in it, right? Um, and I think that's probably a challenge all insights professionals have like, well, I eat cereal. So of course I know what people want out of their cereal, but you know, you kind of have to go outside a bit and, um, let go of your own opinions, your sample of one and, and get, (laughs) get a broader, you know, get a broader sense for what's out there and what people are looking for. That's the quote right there. The sample of one, let's walk away. (laughs) It's like a client who says to me that was unrelated to insights, like, Oh, nobody watches the Olympics. I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. (laughs) Like the numbers don't lie. And also it doesn't matter who watches the Olympics so much as it is it your most ideal client and to Will Leach's point very often. And is that client in the right mind state when you're presenting them with the message, you know, that they could take action on it. And so it has nothing to do with what you watch on TV. Please quit telling me that. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, and I think too, like 
all the stuff that we're talking about, like understanding people's mindsets, where they're at, are they ready to purchase? Where are they in the buyer's journey? What's their job to be done? Like marketers don't just come up with that stuff. We don't just map a customer journey. We do have to do research to get that information. Um, and I think like that, the more we fight that as an insights community and like letting people do their own research. Like I think the benefit of others that are not researchers wanting to do research is it really does create that customer centric environment, which is going to benefit the business. And that collaboration just lifts everybody up, gets everybody closer to the customer or consumer or whoever, whatever market you're serving. And rather than kind of being the gatekeeper. And I think insights professionals have so many more skills beyond the running of surveys or, you know, things like that, that, you know, to be the expert, be the one that the others in the business want to come to for advice, for, you know, best practices, for stuff like that, and collaborate more as opposed to the resistance. Like, I think that everybody would be better off. And I've heard some really incredible insights, thought leaders talk just along those lines. So it's not a general blanket statement. It's not everybody that's kind of fighting that, but um, I think embracing that change and embracing that democratization is just going to get everybody thinking about the consumer first, as opposed to, you know, the business metrics and the this. And right. That. Right. Okay. Well, that is totally true over there in kind of, I put this over in a little, I'm doing a hand gesture of like, okay, this is a little, this is a little block that's over here in Vox Pop Me world. Right. And what's happening there. But you and I, the other thing that we have in common is I think those same ideas, we're trying to get people to collaborate in the space and in marketing efforts, right? And to elevate who we are as an industry in insights and say, we can be more. And some people are really resisting that change. And I, I really appreciate, I feel like, you know, you and I really are on that same mission, the mission yeah. to say, you know, this can be a more dynamic, dare I say sexy, but you know, this yeah. can be, this really is a special um, you know, set of skills and set of deliverables that insights brings yeah. to the world. I mean, it is nuts, but yeah. people want to keep putting it under something and like yeah. and hiding it from the world. And I don't really understand that. And I do think, you know, you mentioned collaboration, which is obviously one of my, my keywords and I'm <laughs> writing the book on it right now. Collaboration is the, as new competition. Oh yeah. So it's coming, it's coming girl, <laughs> but you know, this is what I'm trying to get people to do, but see, this is the conversation you and I are always having. How could we collaborate, you know, from our different perspectives, I'm obviously representing different clients. I'm not representing box pop me. You're representing box pop me, but we're all swimming in it. Right. So sure. couldn't we make this stew just a little bit tastier? Yeah. <laughs> so, I know you and I struggle with this because people want to hold on to these old ideas about how things need to be in insights. I mean, what, what are your thoughts about how we engage people and keep saying, just kind of lighten it up guys. Let's, let's actually move yeah. forward and move forward together. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of underlying fear and, you know, I'll, I'll share this we're going to get deep for a second. I just had this conversation with some people um, earlier today, how, you know, there are some days where I feel like on top of the world, like I, uh, I got this, I am the best at my job than everyone has any ever been right. Sometimes some days I feel like that. Some days I feel like I am inches away from everyone finding out that I have no idea what I'm doing. And like, I'm just going to take a moment. Anyone who's listening, let this be your message. You're doing a great job. You are an expert in your field. No one can do what you do the way you do it. 
And you need to be reminded of that on a regular basis. And when I'm reminded of that, sometimes I have to seek that out. Sometimes I call up my friendlies and I say, I'm feeling really bad. Tell me I'm good, you know, (laughs) and that helps. Um, But I think we all need to remember that like nobody, nobody's going to steal a piece of my pie here. There's enough for everyone. So the more we collaborate, like, I love that. What, what was it's it? Collaboration. collaboration is the new competition. I love that because <laughs> it just, it frees you up to do more, um, and to get better and to learn from more people and to think about things a little differently. You know, maybe the way someone who's not like formally trained and doesn't have research experience conducts a research study gives you an idea of a new way to do something like how incredible would that be? Whereas if we try to block each other from making that kind of progress, then we all miss out and we're all siloed and we're all worried that somebody's taken a piece of our pie. Right. And you and I have to live what we're saying. I mean, we want other companies to collaborate. We want the the associations that serve this industry to collaborate, but we have to collaborate. And here we are two marketers, you know, uh, with, with our objectives, you know, for our key clients, you have one client of one sample of one, right? <laughs> and so, but the thing is we can come together. We can collaborate. We say, Hey, Jen, this is what I'm seeing. And, you know, don't you feel like the market's moving this way? And could that be better for all of us? And, and I think it is a about, you've hit the nail on the head. It is about leaving behind a scarcity mode. There is enough pie for everybody. And if you love pie, listen, it's going to work out. (laughs) I promise you, I will share, you know, but you have to really develop very trusting relationships, you know, to do that. And and this is one of the things I really appreciate about you, especially with real talk is that any of the podcasters, and this is why little bird marketing sponsors the market research podcast of the year, because we really believe that the more all of you on the market research as, you know, as firms talk and you share these ideas, it is going to usher in less of that scarcity mode. It is going to Mm -hmm. usher in a place, a venue where we can collaborate, where it's like juicy to collaborate, you know, and it's not just like, "Ah, I will do it, (laughs) you know, not like our, um, our, you know, my fifth grade kid who gets, you know, assigned to collaborate on a science project with someone, which basically is, you know, a code for Sawyer, you you do it. And then these other kids will get a good grade. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'd never liked a group project when I was in school, but, but now it's important to like, <laughs> but it has to be, that. you know, it can't be, you can't be put together with people who don't work in the same way. And this is why, you know, you and I work so hard to build trust, not only, uh, you know, to each other, but why we are very open with the plat. You built a very successful platform with, uh, you know, real talk and you invite people into that. And you also let them see really who you are and what you're thinking. And, and there's something just very giving about that. And I think when you say, look, I have this audience that I've cultivated, I've worked so hard. And then, oh, I'm going to have you on and I'm going to let you borrow my platform for a little bit. You know, that's, there, there's something really beautiful to that. And I think that this is how you and I, and many others can really, we all do our small little share of making this a more collaborative space. As you're talking, I'm thinking the podcasting community, which I'm relatively new to, you know, I just started a podcast at the beginning of January, 2021. It's the most like collaborative and supportive community that I've ever kind of been a part of where there is no, like, there is no competition. It's not like there is enough audience for everyone. (laughs) And we legit are like 
talking to each other, like respecting every, every podcast is different. The approach is different. The host has different, you know, um, ways of working and we're learning from each other and talking to each other and inviting each other onto each other's shows. Like I've just never been part of like a more supportive and collaborative community that really like really does embody that, that collaboration piece and doesn't, I've never felt that one podcast was pulling from another one. Even oh the, <laughs> even you mentioned the awards, the like uh-huh. market research podcast of the year, everybody is like promoting each other's. <laughs> oh my gosh. They totally are. And you know what? The other thing, which I think a lot of people don't realize what it is, is that it's a list of people going, Oh, there's more of these, yes. you know? And basically at the end, we get to send an email out with saying, here are all of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is the winner. And that's great. And believe me, we got a cool trophy. So we'll give it, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm dying way, to know who won. <laughs> well, so am I, because nobody tells me I'm like, I'm like, please, nobody, somebody give me an envelope the day I get up for IIEX. I don't want to know <laughs> because I cannot keep a secret. I cannot talk to someone and keep a straight face no, right? if I know they just won. So it'd be nobody, out, it'd be out right now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally do not tell Priscilla. Um, but yeah, it's really fun to, you know, to be a part of like showing other people's success. Um, but it is for all of us, but yeah, they get that list at the very end and going, you know what, maybe you tried this one and maybe it's not your cup of tea, but oh my gosh, listen to this one. And they all serve very different purposes. Some are very news driven, you know, yours is really around innovation and what's going on, like really in customer insights, kind of where, you know, Ooh, where's it going? Like, what are we thinking? What's going next? You know, it's kind of that, you know, let me hear what the, what the, what the, um, what the thought leaders are, uh, you know, edging at. Um, and then like, for example, um, uh, which we, we all love the ride, you know, that's like, it's like little tidbits from everything. And I think, oh my gosh, this is like reading the paper in the morning. Like you can't keep up from insights if you don't listen to that show, <laughs> you know? So they're all very, very, very different. And, and that really serves a purpose, but I want to just kind of end with a little bit of a talk about who you are as a marketer over at Vox Pop Me, because I think it is very interesting. And because we all kind of swim in the same stew, you know, sometimes they don't really notice exactly what it is you're doing. But I think in terms of this empathy and collaboration, something very interesting I've seen from Vox Pop Me, and obviously this, you know, this generates in some way from you and your brain. Um, but tell us about what you're doing right now with customer awards. This is so intriguing. And I think it's such a cool way to come to market. And again, not be in a scarcity mode. Like it's not about us. We might've had a win, but how can we showcase someone else's success? So tell us all about this really cool initiative. Yeah. So this is the second year of our VIDIs, our customer excellence awards. And basically we ask our team internally to nominate their customers that they think are doing something really interesting or innovative or, um, you know, people who are really driving the industry forward the way that they're kind of treating insights and, you know, maybe distilling it throughout their business or just the way that they're approaching empathy. So So we get all those nominations from our internal teams, and then we choose our finalists, which were announced this week um, for all of the different award categories. And then we let the the audience, the peers in the industry vote um, for kind of who is most deserving for those different categories. And it's, you know, from a marketing perspective, it's a great way for us to take a moment and recognize our customers, right? As opposed to just like, you know, supporting them and getting their jobs done or, you know, meeting their objectives or renewing their contracts, we can actually pause and say, 
we think what you're doing is really incredible. And I think that's what is important about the internal nomination system is like, this is from coming from the people who are working with you every day and are seeing the really interesting work that you're doing. I'll tell you a funny story of how the vitties came about originally. This is just a classic example of miscommunication (laughs) where I had come across this award, something called the Prodies, and sent a link to it to someone on my team, Tom Higgins, Um, we'll shout him out with no context. I had, I did not say anything about the link. I just literally sent him a link and I was thinking we should apply for this award. And he was thinking we should create an award for our customers. (laughs) From now on, I'm going to send things to people with no, just with no context. And let's see just how good of an idea this is that I just had. (laughs) Exactly. It was like fantastic idea, Jen. So Tom likes to say the videos were my idea. They 100% were not. They were absolutely his idea, but it was birthed out of a miscommunication. But it, maybe it is a good lesson. If you give people a little breathing room to do something creative, as opposed to telling them what to do, then for sure. You're, <laughs> I like, what, I like what you're thinking and you're thinking, what am I thinking? <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Well, I do love that marketing approach. And, you know, as you and I just keep laboring on to really, you know, try and help teams, you know, I know what the other love that we have is bringing sales teams closer to the marketing teams and really understanding that we all have to work uh, together and the way that we show up. But also, you know, you bring that extra, just a little something extra of saying, hey, we also need to like thought lead in the industry and we need to, you know, kind of think about what's coming next. And obviously you and I love connecting at women in research events too. And, you know, that again is another place where we just all show up a little bigger than, you know, when we, when we show up together, everything's just a lot bigger. So um, great. Well, uh, tell everybody uh, just where they can reach you and do me a favor. I know it might sound silly, but just spell your name so people can find you on LinkedIn. Oh my goodness. Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R. Uh, Mancusi, M-A-N-C-U-S-I, Vogel, V-O-G-E-L. It's a lot of letters. It is a lot of letters, but with someone on that's a Jennifer, I always have to get like, get the exact name because they need to be able to find you. Um, Or of course, Jen Jen and I are connected. So if you um, can find me, then you can find her, but go check out what they're doing over at Vox uh, Pop Me. It's so interesting. It's innovative. You know, I know when I first came on the scene for Insights, I was just, I was like, wow, there are like, really at that point, there were only, only a handful of people who were really pushing the needle with innovation. And I'm glad that other people have um, gotten on board and that's great, but you guys were really at the forefront of that. And so hats off to you guys for that, but we're going to be seeing each other at a lot of uh, upcoming events. So make sure that you um, come up and tap Jen or me on the shoulder and we'd love to chat with you. So Jen, thanks so much for joining us on Ponderings from the Perch. Thanks for having me. Awesome. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.